0: Thanks for listening to Hot Lap again, it's just the audio version this week, there's no YouTube thing because um, I I haven't got the time to do the video and the editing of the video because it's reasonably late now on a Sunday as it is, so um, I'm just going to do the audio stuff, so sorry if you enjoyed the video ones, but it's a podcast anyway, so the audio bit is what we need. Uh, Before we talk about the race today, um, I'd like to thank Rocket Williams Racing Team the the sponsor of today's podcast. So there's a link in the description. If you follow that link, you can go and buy team merch at the Williams store, and uh, anything you buy will help the show out. Um, the everyone loves Williams. I love Williams. I want them to do better. So if anyone, if any team right now needs some love, go and buy one of their t-shirts. Buy a George Russell t-shirt. He's a nice guy. Anyway, less of that, more of this um italy was a great race wasn't it I, it was a flag to flag like enthralling for, from the beginning to the end it was uh not the race i expected from monza we're not um it's n- it's not known for giving us like the the classic races like all the way through you know there's there's bits and bits of intrigue here and there and there's there's, it's exciting because of how fast it is but it can easily turn into a bit of a procession, this was anything but a procession and some crazy stuff happened uh, so as usual we're going to go through the drivers in the finishing positions um, Carlos Sainz is the first uh, classified DNF, he had a loose wheel in the pit it was real, real shame for him I believe he was running in 6th before that happened Um McLaren I've, they just keep losing big holes of points don't they? They lost a fifth with Lando last week um, at least a sixth here with Carlos Sainz um, it's just really unfortunate stupid mistake you know, not putting a wheel on properly. You could see actually in the pits that they went to let him go and then he stopped and then something happened and then he went again and the guy still had his arms crossed as if to say that he hadn't the wheel wheel wasn't on properly but it's just one of those things, sad for Carlos, Um, the best part of the race for me, if anyone watched Ted's Notebook, was Lando and Carlos on it, I've never seen two Formula 1 drivers get on, like, the way they do, it's fucking, it's great, it makes Formula 1 feel really, really human, and um, sometimes Formula 1 can not feel very human, and Lando especially just comes across as this, like, it's just a great guy, you know, it's instantly one of those people that makes you you want to be his friend even though he's awfully young and if he suddenly decided he wanted to be really good friends with a 37 year old like me might be a bit weird anyway uh Daniel Kiviat was um said like the second to last of the non glass fired runners I, I believe it was an engine failure for him um it was another shame for him because he was up in the running in the points as well when that happened. Um, Kevin Magnussen retired from the race. I'm not sure what what happened to him. To be perfectly honest, I just saw his car going in the in the pits. Um, it was. I, I don't remember Has being particularly bad this weekend. You know the. It was a real shame for them with with Magnussen. Um, I still stand by the fact that they probably should look at getting two new drivers, but. I'm constantly told that I'm wrong about that. And I'm constantly told that Kevin Magnussen is fucking wonderful. I'm not sure he is. Uh, Robert Kubica bringing up 17th. Pretty silent race from him. He actually got quite a good start, if you noticed. And he he, uh, he was ahead of George Russell for a while. But, um, yeah, stuff happened. He ended up uh, two laps, uh, two laps down, was he? I think he was two laps down by the end. Yeah, he was two laps down from the leaders. I think, uh, one lap down from the car in front of him from Gro from Grosjean, but he was two laps down from the leaders. Um, Roman Grosjean was sixteenth. Again, he could have been better, but it was his fault. I believe he he spun at Ascari. Um, it's he's ever ever look like edging closer towards. Being thrown unceremoniously out of Formula One, I think. I can't see him getting a drive outside of Haas. And as he keeps making mistakes, I think Hulkenberg is slowly closing in on that drive. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, it's a weekend to forget for poor Kimi. He had the crash in qualifying, which meant they put a new engine in his car. So they knew they were going to get grid penalties. So they've made him start from the pit lane. Now, I would have made this mistake as well. But then again, I'm a guy that does a part time Formula One podcast well, two part time Formula One podcasts and colours stuff into a professional level in the rest of my time. Um He had new tires fitted to the car because I think the team thought that if they were starting from Pit Lane, like they'd broken Park Fermi, so they could just put any tires on the car, but it seems to be a new rule. Where even if you do start from the pit lane, you've still got to use your top ten tires, so he got a stop go penalty for it i think pretty like pretty rough on Kimmy i felt felt bad for him um especially being alpha at Monza too, you know they could have been in for a really good uh, chunk of points there with with Kimmy even even working his way through, but by the time he'd had to start from the pit lane and then he'd had a stop and go penalty. There was just no chance for him. Um, I think he was a he was a lap down from the leaders as well. But I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's not a uh, it's not unknown for people down this end of the grid to be lapped, is it? So I don't suppose that really matters for him. Fourteenth uh, for George Russell, excellent uh, for him considering he finished ahead of Kimi Raikkonen, his teammate. You know, it's he did he was doing the best he could hope to do. Um, I saw an interview with him, actually, before the race. I, I can't think of another guy that has helped, handled having a less-than-stellar car, but has kept such confidence in himself. I suppose it, it doesn't hurt the fact that he's destroying his teammate. But, yeah, like he's he just comes across really cool, calm, and he has that air about him where he at least believes... That as soon as he gets some sort of machinery underneath him, that everything'll be all right. Uh, I think it will be as well. You know, he's, he was tremendous in GP two. He uh, was good in GP three. I'm, I, I can't wait. I, I think he, he's going to be in Williams next year. Uh, and I just hope Williams can give him at least a, a mid grid car. It'd be horrible to go for him to go all the way through this year and be the only guy that doesn't score a point because he deserves much more than that. Uh speaking of people that don't deserve right now any more than that is 13th and uh, unlucky for Sebastian Vettel, Mr 13. Now I uh, I don't really know what to say about Vettel. We seem to be have we seem to have this conversation all the time about is he finished is he retiring and I genuinely thought he was going to turn up this weekend and prove us all wrong. He did turn up this weekend, and he proved some people fucking right. So he will start with qualifying with him, because he was fuming after qualifying, because, I mean, we know the final runs were fucked, but also he uh, blamed Charles Leclerc for this, because it was his turn for the toe. He'd already done it with Charles, Charles had provisional pole. It was his turn to go out. He was going to. Uh, Charles was supposed to run around in front of him, and he was supposed to get the toe off him. I personally hate all this. I haven't cars having to tow each other, but uh, it's one of those things. It's it, it is what it is now in Formula One, and I I mean I I've, I've known, like the teams try and tow each other along in the past, but it's never felt quite as powerful and as important as it has done this year on certain circuits. I mean, Monza, you're almost looking at half a second uh, if you get a decent toe off somebody. Anyway, Charles was supposed to do this. Now, Charles didn't necessarily refuse to do it, but I think Vettel thinks that he'd made it so he didn't help the situation they were in because you had the... um, The Hulkenberg situation where he backed the field up or Lance backed the field up because Hulkenberg was going through the chicane and there was definitely a time if you saw, because there was a time where Vettel could have broke as well, but I mean, it doesn't matter, like you saw what Carlos Sainz did, Uh, he had the whole track all to himself and he couldn't improve because there was no toe, because all the other times that were ahead of him people had had their toes or they were in, in a much quicker car like a Sebastian Vettel for instance but Charles, I think Vettel thought that there was an opportunity where Charles could have just bolted and he could have left the um, squabbling cars, and Vettel could have followed him round, and he would have had his sort of his turn at getting the toe. So I don't, I I don't not agree with him for being upset. Really, you know, if that was the plan, you've already done your part for your teammate. Not only have you done your part, you've you, like you've helped him get provis- provisional pole, that from Charles Leclerc I found surprising, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's very Alonso-like, isn't it? Uh, when you look back at some of the the question, well, not questionable choices, but certainly questionable sportsmanship of Fernando Alonso, and to be fair, other world champions. So I'm not saying this is a bad thing, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it. It's unsportsmanlike to do that to your teammate. I think he Bonotto after the race uh, said to Charles Leclerc on on television like, "Oh well, this is this means you're not in trouble for yesterday." So you know it was uh, it was clear that the team weren't happy with him either. So it's not just something Sebastian's made up. But I mean, again, like, did this mean him? He was going in with the red mist on him. I don't know. I don't know if 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 he was still really upset going into going into the race, and then that like he spun at uh, Ascari, but it you know it, it doesn't it doesn't make up for the other times that he's spun in in recent years. I'm still in the camp that I don't believe a Formula One world champion of w- which a four time Formula One world champion. I don't believe that you a driver of that caliber just becomes rubbish overnight, which is almost where it seems like it happened uh He seems to have just gone overnight to the to this but it's i mean realistically, I suppose it's not overnight it's i I always draw it back to Baku when he drove into Lewis on purpose that seemed to be the breaking of Sebastian Vettel, and it's just been in a spiral like ever since and um I'm I want to see him go to another team. I want to see him to go to another top team I'd like to as much as I think it would be harsh on say Alban because you'd think he well he's going to be the one that would get the shove if it happened. I would like to see Vettel go back to Red Bull for a season for no other reason than just to see if he comes back to be in at least something like the the Sebastian Vettel we know he was. I mean would he handle Max? Probably not. I think. I think Max has got so much experience under his belt now, and uh, Vettel will be walking into his team last. Last time Vettel was in um, Red Bull, he was taken care of by Daniel Ricciardo. You could argue that that it was the beginning of the unraveling of Sebastian Vettel was being taken apart by his teammate. But I'm not sure what's next for him. Uh, if I Gun to head, if someone said like you've got £5 in your pocket and I want want you to put it on what's going to happen with Sebastian Vettel, I'd put it on him retiring, but I really hope he doesn't retire because it would be almost uh, similar to Michael Schumacher because I think Schumacher retired too early. He Schumacher should have probably retired when he came back. He should have stayed in Formula 1 and around I can't remember what year it was, but he should have retired around that time when he made his comeback. He probably would have won another world championship at some point if he'd stayed. He might have left Ferrari, gone to drive for somebody else. Uh, who knows? But I don't feel that it's the right time this year for Sebastian Vettel to retire. And I think he would be leaving some. It would just be there would just be things undone if he if he was to go. Uh, it's been over a year since he's won a race. I don't know whether he'll win another championship or not again. Um, especially with when you've got like such an on-form Lewis Hamilton, and then you've got people like Max Verstappen and Charlotte Leclerc, which are rising uh, stars. I don't know if Sebastian can compete at that that level the uh, the way his his mind's gone. But I think he deserves the opportunity, and that's all I want. I want to see is if he can go if he goes somewhere else and he's exactly the same. And he's spinning and he's crashing and he's slower than like his teammate in most most cases. Then maybe it is time for him to retire. But I do believe that a four time world champion deserves another go somewhere. Anyway, I don't think also I don't think he's gonna fix it at Ferrari. I think it's got far too out of his control oh out of out of control at Ferrari and far too out of his hands. Charles Leclerc is the chosen boy now you'd be a brave man to go in that team or you'd have to be like unbelievably fast uh you never know we might see it from um daniel ricardo yeah i still think there's a half chance that we see daniel ricardo in that car next year but yeah i um i want to see i want to see sebastian vettel in formula 1 and i want to see him fix himself before he goes somewhere Um, Twelfth, Lance Stroll. Unfortunate for Lance. Uh, He made Q3, as he has done for the last two years, two, three years, something like that, Uh, in Monza. um, I was constantly getting told online that uh, this proves that I'm wrong about Lance Stroll and that he is a very good Formula 1 driver. I disagree with these facts. I think this is the exception that proves the rule. Um, And it's no... It's no accident that he tends to be good on circuits with big long straights where there's not a lot of corners. So um it was a shame for him though. Yeah, you know, he got he got wrapped up in the Sebastian Vettel situation. Uh when I mean, sorry, we should really talk we'll talk about this together now, we've got here, because I didn't even address Vettel's um punt. I was just addressing Vettel's spin. Um it was right. He got the har- Vettel got the harshest penalty that they that they were able to give him rather than black flagging him. Um, I think it would have been difficult for him to see up his car. Doesn't mean he rejoined the track unsafely. If he hadn't have hit um Lance Stroll, I think it would have been a less of a penalty. If Lance Stroll had have gone round the back of him, you know, let's say he he did that like a second earlier and got him himself got himself further onto the other side of the road i think lance would have gone round the back of him and there probably wouldn't have been a penalty so it was it was real like split second decisions that that caused that and that destroyed his race but destroyed lance's as well um lance was running up in the points uh think was he eighth i'm not sure i can't, can't remember but he looked like he was set to at least get a couple of points anyway and um it was all it was all done for him but then he rejoined the circuit badly and he clipped daniel kiviat so apparently they didn't they gave him a lesser penalty because there was no contact um it seems it seems fair enough um there was also if you looked at kiviat there was, there was more room there was lance was going forward but um there there was more room sort of on the on the inside of the tra- uh, track so lance could have thought that if someone was coming behind him they might have gone to, uh, gone to the inside more than go to the outside but who knows but yeah it's a real shame for lance shame for um racing point um it's it's just not been a it's not been a good time for Racing Point re- recently, has it? And they don't seem to have too bad a car either. So we'll have to go to um, Singapore now and see if Racing Point can like get themselves a bag of points. Um, it, maybe moving forward, we'll see. We'll see them start to crawl back towards the um, like the top of the midfield because they've got a bit of st- stability in their team. I'm. I question how long that money's going to be there if Lance doesn't come together, so i I don't ex- i mean saying I was just going to say I don't expect him to be too good at Singapore, but he's usually quite good at street circuits, isn't he so he we might get another good race from Lance next weekend, and then people can tell me how good he is again, and I can sit here safe in the knowledge that as soon as we get to a track like Suzuka that um he'll probably be almost last um Pierre Gasly was eleventh, just out of the points. Um, I think it was quite a quiet race from Gasly. Uh, he was, t- he was, would have been behind Daniel Kvyat had Kvyat finished. I, I don't. I think he has to, he has to do a bit more now. He needs to really get on top of Kvyat. Uh, he didn't have great race in Spa. Um, Found himself. Well, he he was ahead. He was the the lead Red Bull driver for a while, and then found himself behind everybody. So, it's, I I'd, I will be surprised if Pierre Gasly is still in the Toro Rosso next year, especially if the the rumours about Sebastian Vettel going back to Red Bull are true. Because I I've, I've got a sneaky suspicion you might find Albon put back in Toro Rosso. And Sebastian Vettel come back to Red Bull, uh, but it it it'll be handled well, PR wise. You know, it'll be the return of world champion. So, oh, Albon did everything that he to to stay in the car, but Seb's available, that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's why things gonna happen anyway. I do, I'm not sure Pierre Gasly's gonna be there next year. Tenth, uh, regardless of my support and regardless of his starting position, Lando Norris finishes tenth which is great. It's great for him to get a point. It's only a point. It's not what he should have got in the last race, but at least given the fact that he had more bad luck because of his grid penalties and stuff like that, that he was able to get himself up there, race well, and took advantage of other people falling out, which is kind of why he got a point. And um, I just hope he has a a good race next weekend at um, Singapore. That's what I'm really hoping for Lando. Uh, Giovinazzi, ninth solid race from Giovinazzi. This is more like what he's got to start doing if he wants to keep his seat. Um, he's... I, I said at the begin, uh, beginning of summer break, I was surprised that he wasn't one of the drivers that was talked about to be um, replaced. Now, as far as being an Italian driver on the um, Ferrari driver program, for him to get into the points at, uh, at the Italian Grand Prix... This is not a bad thing for him, and it, if he can keep this up, it might just save his Formula One career. Um, Max Verstappen, excellent race because I mean the guy started last, he uh, lost a front wing, still manages to get himself up into the um, into the points. I, again, I'm he's always good around Singapore, and I think he's going to be fucking great at the next race. So. Uh, I can't wait to see Max Verstappen in a title fight with somebody. I don't know whether it's going to be next year. I don't know whether we can rely on Red Bull to make a car that's capable of challenging Red Bull week in week out. One thing I do think is worrying looking at uh, this race, especially with it being so engine dependent, is the fact that it was the Honda again looked like the worst engine on the grid. I know people are going to say, oh, Honda engines finish ahead of Renault engines. Like, That's great. But when you look at the sharp end, um, both Red Bulls finished behind both Renaults. And, you know, they they were out qualified as well. So I, I think it's it's shown chinks in the armour of Honda, which we've been sort of looking at as coming along, you know, quite well. But maybe it's just once again the tracks where it has looked like it's done well it's been the Red Bull chassis that's been winning the races and or getting the, getting the car on the podium and not quite Honda making the gains that we we think they had. Um, there's interesting rumours as well about uh, Honda considering their uh, future in Formula 1. It wouldn't be like Honda to disappear from Formula 1 at all. And uh, I think there's going there's a lot riding on next year for Honda You know, it's people People would say, well, they're starting to come right now. Why would they leave? Last time they left, like, the car that they would have been in the back of won the world championship the year they left. So it's not unlike Honda to disappear when things appear to be going right. There has to be a mark, hasn't there, where you can only pump so much money into something before you go, right, we're out, we're going. Uh, regardless of what is apparently around the corner, because you can keep chasing that, like the the leprechaun around the corner, like for the forever. That's not a saying. Chasing the leprechaun around the corner is not a saying. It should be. I might use that more often. Anyway. Uh, great rakes for Max Verstappen. Uh, Sergio Perez up in seventh. So uh, for. Uh, uh, <laughs> nearly did it, nearly but got caught myself. So racing point got some points. Um, good stuff for Sergio Perez. I think it was another quiet Sergio race. I can't even really remember hearing anything about him. He's got his contract in his pocket. I think he's in the perfect team that can get better for him. I don't. I don't think the big teams going to come knocking anytime time soon. Uh, and I'm glad he's going to be in Formula One for a while because he deserves to be there. Uh, Alvin a really good race from Albon, you know, he, um, he got that car as far up as he could do, Um, but, uh, but they just weren't there for the races, I don't think, I don't think they were there for the, um, the Red Bulls just wasn't with Renault this weekend, I don't think, so yeah, good for Albon, up in sixth, Um, I would say, as far as he's going, if I'm wrong about Sebastian Vettel going back to Red Bull, uh he's doing the best job he can do because he i think he can hold his head up and say look well, well if uh Gasly was still in the car it probably wouldn't have been six um so yeah good stuff for Alex Albon uh he actually he um he did a great overtake didn't he before he he messed it up a bit and got himself ran out of ran out of the Lesmos with Carlos Sainz I believe yeah, I mean, there was literally just a Formula One car, and he threw it up the inside of Carlos, and then he he tried to hang it around the outside of Lesmos, and you're always you're always going to get hung out to dry there. I, I don't quite know why he why he did that. He should have just hung onto the back of Carlos Sainz and slipstreamed him uh, down the down the straight towards the uh, towards the bridge, and he might have even found himself ahead of him. So who knows shame i mean maybe if that hadn't have happened maybe he would have been um more on the back of the Renaults, and maybe he could have could have got himself up to fourth i must say after the um the mental stuff happened with sebastian vettel i did think there was half a chance of albon getting on the uh, getting on the podium and i had a I had a sneaky fiver on him to get a podium. So I think it's coming. I think he'll get a podium before the end of the year. It'd be nice if he did. Um, Maybe next weekend. It'd be interesting to see how how Albon goes uh, in Singapore, especially compared to Max Verstappen, because I think they're both going to go pretty well. Um, Nico Hülkenberg in fifth. It's a good... Good race for Nico, but he was kind of put in, um, in this place by his teammate. Finished twelve seconds behind Daniel Ricciardo, so it's not that's not great by any stretch of the imagination. I do feel a bit sorry for Hulk because you know it's, he's he's in that situation now where he knows he's lost his drive for next year with Renault. He's still putting in comparable performances with Daniel Ricciardo, but just. They're not not this weekend. This weekend, he he just couldn't get on top of him at all. I think, I think he followed Daniel every single session. Uh, this weekend, and you know it's even his fastest laps. In, in fastest lap in the race was a couple of tenths shy of Daniel, and that's just been where he's been all weekend. But yeah, to finish twelve seconds off your teammate when when there's no pressure either, you know. They were kind, Renaults were kind of in a race of two, so that's that's just what it is for Nico. Um, Daniel Ricciardo secretly one of my drivers of the race. I think he he yeah you know, he he broke he got past uh, Nico early doors, pulled out a gap, and then just managed the gap. He couldn't couldn't go forward to get any of the guys ahead of him, so he just did a really good race just to bring it home as high as that car could possibly be. Uh we might as well do Lewis, Valtry and Charles all at the same time because the story of the race really was between Lewis and Charles, even though Lewis finished third. Um, first, I'll say that I think Mercedes had the quicker car this weekend, but they just couldn't get it done the straights, a bit like what we saw in Spa. So I was surprised that um, I was surprised Charles won the race. Um, I thought Lewis eventually would have found a way around him, but he just soaked the pressure up, didn't he? He really did. Uh, I was really impressed by Charles Leclerc this weekend, as far as like pressure soaking goes. Um, I think some of the stuff he did was a little bit questionable. Um, I wasn't aware that they had this new uh well not new, I know black and white flags aren't new, but that they were gonna use them as a yellow card as that kept getting like referred to. If um so I'm not sure how I feel about that, about what he did. Um I'm fine with him with him like moving under breaking. I think that was on the edge. I think it was slap bang up there with Max Verstappen. Um I think his Defending on Lewis when he closed, when he didn't give him enough room and forced him onto the grass, the curb and incidentally not far away from the barriers at that part of the circuit I think it was on the absolute knife edge if not over just over it but if they have these rules now for I mean thing was, you uh, you headed the like um what you call them, driver stewards. He turned around and said, Oh well if there has been contact then it might have been a, it might have been a penalty. You think, well that's great if it had been contact, but if it'd been contact, uh, Lewis Hamilton would have been in the wall at one hundred and eighty mile an hour. So I'm not I'm not sure I'm down with that idea of uh oh it's it, it, as soon as they as soon as they touch each other, it's really really bad rather than just being a bit naughty beforehand, but I will caveat this that I don't think it was much different to Max Verstappen nerfing Charlotte out of the way in Austria to win that race I um, oh, see I don't want to see drivers just nerfing each other off the track. Ever, I, I I don't. That's not racing to me. Just pushing people off the track. I had, I I I haven't brought it up because there hasn't been the, the need to. But I I defended Max for his move on Charles Leclerc in Austria. Since then, I have kind of stepped back on my own opinion of it, thinking that maybe he did step over the line a little bit. But what I then have to think is, we're always going to have problems with rules. Like I'd have I'd have. But I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'd have preferred Lewis Hamilton to win that race. I'm again. I'm not a big Lewis Hamilton fan, but I am sport racist, and I want the British drivers to do well. So I'm always going to lean towards who, like the the whichever battle it is, I'm going to lean towards the British driver in that. In that battle, um, I don't. I don't think there's been like there hasn't actually been a British driver I've disliked. To be perfectly honest, I've kind of liked all of them. So obviously, to varying le- levels, we we'll, we start at Jensen Button and then work down. Lando's got himself pretty up there with a with a to a to a Jensen Button level. I I think that that's only going to grow as well. But then I've got to try and look at it objectively and. Would I prefer rate battles like that to be um, sorted with a drive-through or a stop-go or five seconds added on, or the absolute fucking farce of what Canada ended up with—people moving numbers around—and apparently, apparently, they put uh, when Ferrari win a race, they put a Ferrari flag outside Maranello, and apparently, they put a, F- a Ferrari flag up for Canada. For Sebastian, because they still feel they won that race, I think that's pathetic. If I'm perfectly honest, um, so yeah, I'd rather have the yellow card flag, um, and not have this fucking talking about pit drivers moving numbers around and oh well, I I didn't win the race, but I did win the race type of thing. So, yeah. We're going to complain about rules. It's what happens in sport. If the decision doesn't go the way you want it to go, you're going to think it's a bad decision. If it goes the way you want it to go, you're going to think it's a good decision. So as long as it's the same for everybody, I think that's that's what things have got to be. Look at Vettel's qualifying lap. He should have been 10th. He should have started 10th. Because his fastest time should have been disallowed in qualifying because he went all four wheels off the track. Other drivers had laps deleted. He didn't because he's a Ferrari driver in a Ferrari. And if they'd have done that, he'd have been tenth. So that's this is where they've got to start enforcing these laws. They've got the laws. They've got to start enforcing the rules. If if you're gonna be more lenient, that's fine. But just make sure that you're equally lenient. To everybody, and not slightly more lenient to somebody, or slightly harsher because of either team affiliation or uh, driver reputation. Like a Grosjean, for instance, he's always going to get the penalty. in his, if it's a fifty-fifty, and someone's getting a penalty, and it's Grosjean's involved, he's getting it because of reputation. It shouldn't be like that. We just, we just need some some sort of flat rules across the board. Um. But apart from that, Charles did just take lap after lap of a pounding from Lewis Hamilton, and he positioned his car well. He he came out of the, out of the parabolica so tidily on every lap, just pushing that um that gap just to where it needed to be, to where Lewis had no chance to slipstream him and DRS him down the straight. Like. I can't imagine the pressure it must be. Not just to have Lewis Hamilton, one of the most fierce racing drivers that Formula 1 has ever seen, uh, bearing down you, but to be in a Ferrari at Monza, and it to be not only like you've just won a race, but this is going to be your second win, and you're going to win back-to-back races. Yeah, you know, its It was an incredible achievement from Charles Leclerc today. And I don't want to. Ju- I don't want to belittle what he's done because of. Um, I'm not even going to say questionable driving because there's a new there's a there's new standards of um, penalty giving. So that's that's the issue. It's not the driving. It's the penalty. The penalties. Like I said, it, it just needs to be equal. But I don't want it to detract from what he did because he did drive a great race. You know. I'm and it's it's just like a it's so so strange that you've got one driver that's so on the ascension and then everything seems to be falling falling apart for Sebastian Vettel the dynamics in formula 1 in Ferrari right now are one of the most interesting things in formula 1 so it it's just crazy like we sometimes you'll get like a a really one-sided year where like i Alonso Van Dorn comes to mind because it really was like Van Dorn just got destroyed by Fernando. But you know, there's getting destroyed, and but there's still sort of at least finishing the race, but there's getting destroyed, and then when you're not getting destroyed, you're destroying your own race. So it's it's just craziness. I'm I'm really enjoying Ferrari and seeing what's going on in there. Um Valtteri Bottas. Finished second. We shouldn't. We shouldn't forget. Old Bottas. Um, I think it was. Oh, he drove a good race as far as working to his strategy because he was given the sort of overcut strategy, and he did it work for him because he came out with a smaller gap and fresher tyres than he had done. Uh, Lewis had clearly destroyed his tyres trying to catch Charles Leclerc and pass him. Uh, and then when he made that mistake at the um uh at turn uh, Lewis made the mistake at turn 1 which allowed uh, Bottas to get to get round him uh, conspiracy theory uh you know I like a conspiracy theory i do wonder whether that was lewis's way of surrendering that place without getting overtaken by bottas because it was such a it it was it was a bit of a fluffy lock up and then he appeared to take the corner, and then he bailed out of the corner and went through the, uh, through the escape road, through like the 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 Chicaney Zeddy escape road. So I wonder whether Lewis knew his tires were gone. Bottas had fresher tires. He was gonna get him anyway, and he didn't want to a be overtaken by his teammate, giving him um like a. a like boosting morale for for his teammate within the team and it might maybe it was just like cuz he even radioed in and said I can't do this any, do this any longer just with the uh, pressure he was trying to put on Charles Leclerc so maybe it just like got him out of the race almost you know it just right I'll be third um I they, they'll probably send me in put fresh tires on I I'll get the fastest lap I'm so far ahead in the championship it doesn't matter uh, and let, let's face it, right? A really bad day for Lewis Hamilton to finish in third. Yeah, you know, it's that's how good his year is going. So if if you forget Germany, obviously, uh, but I do. I wonder whether he just sort of kind of threw the towel in on it. Being it's interesting, but I think the big takeaway from this was is Bottas really, really did nothing. I think if uh, if anything maybe bottas had the best strategy in the end and given the given the fact that leclerc's tires were starting to go off i do wonder whether if roles were reversed and it would have been lewis hamilton attacking at that point in the race with fresher tires whether lewis could have actually got past leclerc because uh, he, he he had he was start to make a few mistakes There was a few lockups here and there but ultimately, Bottas just didn't seem to have the pace to take advantage of it. You know, it's, he, I think he, he got reasonably close one lap, but he was never Lewis Hamilton close. You know, he was he was never there to look like he could make the overtake. It's, it it just as soon as as soon as Hamilton was out of the uh, equation, it just looked like Bottas was nailed in for second, and Charles Leclerc just had to get round to win the race. But he's got a contract in his pocket he got a whole whole haul of points for the team again bad mercedes weekend is having lewis hamilton third and bottas second like you're not you're not going to turn your nose up at that they are increased the gap over ferrari at a track that they probably shouldn't have done really when you look at the the straight line speed that charles leclerc had i'm it's a shame that it's a shame. Both championships are nearly over. You know, it's. I mean, they're, they're all but over. I think I've got some standings here. Um, Lewis Hamilton is on. as so he puts his glasses on. Lewis Hamilton is is on two hundred eighty four points. Valtteri Bottas is on two hundred twenty one. With Max Verstappen a distant third at one hundred eighty five. So there's no. The, the it's just not happening like lewis hamilton needs to have the worst look and reliability uh, look and then some reliability problems for uh, for that to go wrong uh, in the constructors mercedes are on 505 points to ferrari's 351 so the constructors has done as well it's, just, it's we're just hoping for good races now because there is it hasn't been a championship this year not from one moment did I think that um, even with Fear the Beard and fucking Bottas having a good beginning to the year, not for one minute did I think that this championship was going to go any other way than Lewis Hamilton storming to six world championships and Mercedes dominating a, a constructors championship, I don't think it's going to change next year, people are going to say I'm putting the cart before the horse here but I th- Ferrari have had two good races here on two tracks we thought they were going to do well. If they drop back to where they where they usually are around Red Bull um and then Red Bull start taking some some points off them and stuff like that. It's uh it's a big ask I think for any team the way Formula 1 is right now to take Mercedes over because they they're just so far ahead and they tell you what this whole thing about Ferrari having um, a faster engine, faster straight line speed to the Mercedes. I think Mercedes underestimated what Ferrari were going to pull out engine wise, and I think next year you will find that Mercedes will be back to their like almost um, chinkless armor because they they chose to put more downforce on the car this year. They chose to improve the chassis and give it a bit more drag to get to give it a bit more bit more grip over having like the beastie mercedes engine top speeds that we have seen. Uh I don't believe they're going to make that mistake next year. I think they'll do more of a trade off. I think they'll drop a little bit of drag uh for a little bit of straight line speed because they they won't allow Ferrari to be 6 miles an hour ahead, ahead of them on the straights on low downforce circuits again because they they basically gave away two wins. They've still they they've had the best car, but because of this deficit they had on the straights, they've just given away two wins. And I can't see them allowing themselves to go into that position again. Anyway, that has been the hot lap for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for watching when it's been on YouTube. Um, the, there's been a few mistakes made. Uh, I'm still getting used to doing video. And it's going to be a rocky road before it gets before before I get all my ducks in a row. Um, I would rather sacrifice a video show to make sure I get audio content out. As you'll notice, there was no musty audio show last week because of just this because I messed up the audio recording because of the the video setup for it. So w- there was only one channel recorded. So if you if you're a patron, you might have noticed that. If you're not a patron. Then you wouldn't have noticed it because it just wouldn't have appeared. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's it's a lot more work because not only do I have to edit the audio for every show that goes out and Must See Audio, I then have to go and do the video shows as well. And it's just finding the time to do all that properly without making messes of things. But my priority is going to be to to get audio stuff out out for you. Uh, As I said at the top of the show, please, if you're thinking about going and getting any Williams um, merchandise, go to the link that's in the description and get it through that link and that'll help the show out. If you want to help the show out more and you want to get early access to podcasts, the podcast without the annoying adverts that interrupt it, um, you can go to Patreon and chuck me some money on Patreon and you get them ad-free. You can join the Discord. You can... um, Get all the podcasts early. Usually, every podcast goes up on Sunday. And then, as soon as I finish recording this, actually, all the podcasts will be on the Patreon on Sunday. And then they drip out over the course of the week on the normal feed. Uh, you'll also get the Not the Director's Cut podcast. That's a Patreon-only podcast where me and Martin do uh, film film sort of review slash um, alternate commentary things for them it's really good fun it's probably one of my favorite things i do um and the newly relaunched uh lee and glenn's uh patron only podcast for patrons on patron uh that's another patron only podcast so you can go and check that out otherwise follow me at a total shun uh tweet me tell me how wrong i am about um about formula one races i love it i love speaking to you guys about formula one i love talking to you during the races and stuff like that it's great to hear different opinions even if you guys are wrong sometimes and um yeah it's thanks very much for making formula one more fun for me because i have lots of people to talk to about it tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world and unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same day delivery at totalwine.com.